You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network for the long-awaited return of Random Rewatch. Wednesday, Thursday, who knows when this episode's going up. Uh, we were on a bit of a hiatus after, well, Rossi and I finished all the Christmas episodes last year. Jamie and I had a series of Star Trek episodes to do, and then... Schedules didn't line up because, uh, as I mentioned many times, uh, Jamie and I have twins on the way and a house to get ready for and new vehicle and everything else. And Rossi's got his busy schedule as well. So we're finally back and we're going to have week after week of this, which uh, if you didn't listen last year, what we're going to do is every single week, one of us, Rossi or myself or even Listeners, if you decide to throw one in like you did a couple of years ago, uh, we are going to pick any random episode of any random TV show. There's no rules. Uh, it's host alternate. So I pick one week. Rossi picks the next week. And we've covered lots of stuff so far from Daria to Corner Gas to Mr. Bean to RuPaul's Hollisley Spectacular or whatever it is. And we're back, and we're going to start a whole new series here. Uh, so kicking it off this week, I get the choice, and we're going back for more Canadian content. We went through uh, the most popular Canadian comedy series of all time last year, Corner Gas, and now we're going to pick one of the more popular Canadian dramatic series of the last decade, which is Saving Hope, which uh, I I don't know if you've ever seen this before, but uh, I can say, even though this is a Canadian show, the first season was picked up uh, to be aired by NBC. Uh, so I guess some Americans are probably familiar with the show, and I think later seasons eventually aired on cable somewhere. But it has some exposure outside of Canada. But here in Canada, this was a very big show. And like most really successful Canadian shows, it ran for five years, not one episode longer. Uh, it is now over. And I am sad to say it did not end on the best note, but uh, the early seasons were great. And we're going to talk about the very earliest we can get, which is episode one of season one of Saving Hope, which is called Pilot, uh, a much overused episode title. My name is Colin, and you died. Sorry about that. And uh, my name is Rossi, and cut off my arm. Now, <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> if people are not familiar with Saving Hope, um, y- y- where was she? She was not in the show. She wasn't. At all. No. Uh, <laughs> Awful episode. Thin, thin. There's no hope yet in Saving Hope. Um, but we do have Erica Durant from Smallville. Uh, maybe one of my favorite, maybe my very favorite show of all time. Uh, she played Lois Lane on Smallville and was easily the best thing on it. I did meet her. I'll tell the story, which I think I told a couple of years ago when we did some random episodes of Smallville. Um, but I guess after Smallville ended, she decided to get involved with the dramatic series and actually produce this show as well as start in it. Uh, it also stars Michael Shanks, who was on Stargate SG one, uh, he was one of the two main stars of that show and um, also appeared on the final season of Smallville as Hawkman. So I always thought this was cool that this was kind of a supernatural medical drama slash love story between Lois Lane and Hawkman. Uh, easiest way to describe the premise of the show, I guess, would be like the ghost whisperer or the sixth sense in a hospital. Uh, it's just your t- traditional ER Grey's Anatomy type medical drama except for that the main star of the show is in a coma from about five minutes into the episode and 
basically is stuck in hospital purgatory. He roams the halls, his spirit roams the halls, and he meets other ghosts there while all the people on the outside are trying to get him out of the coma and encountering regular medical drama cliches. Uh, you've seen this episode first time. Now, f- before we even get to your opinion of the episode, did you have any familiarity with this show? Did you see it when it aired on NBC for the first season? Nope, never saw it, never heard of it, didn't know it was a thing. I thought it was just Canadian <laughs> until you just told me now that it was America, or at least partly televised here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, n- no, I did nothing. There was a lot of hype about this show before it started because... CTV, the network it airs on, which is easily the number one network in Canada. Uh, I should also mention Canadian TV, it's probably split. I wouldn't even say it's 50-50, but maybe it's two-thirds what we get is uh, like our primetime shows, shows from America or England or other countries. And maybe... And The Amazing Race Canada. The Amazing... Well, yeah, you get the Canadian knockoffs or spinoffs of American shows. Uh, but then you get some original Canadian content because there are rules that the Canadian networks have to have a certain amount of Canadian content. And for years growing up, Canadian shows that aired on CTV, Global, CBC, whatever the Canadian networks were, were always, they put no money into it, no promotion. The shows wouldn't last very long. Every once in a while, you'd get a hit show. Saving Hope was a little bit different because CTV was on a bit of a high. There was another TV show, which also, uh, I think, uh, aired, I don't know which American network it was on, but an American network decided they wanted to air this Canadian drama series called Flashpoint, which was like a SWAT team show, which was huge in Canada. And uh, unlike Saving Hope, all five of the seasons, I believe, aired on one of the major networks in America. Uh, so Flashpoint was a big show, and they're like, let's sink some money into a Canadian show. Let's go all out with elaborate sets and these big actors and high production values. And there was so much promotion going into it. Um, the ratings were always pretty good in Canada. I mean, I, you'd consider it one of the, I guess, the top three or top five Canadian shows. Uh, but it lasted for five years, which is the longest any Canadian corner gas went six years. I can't think of any other Canadian show that went six years. Five years is a successful run. Um, so it was always popular here. It, uh, was aired in reruns all the time. Um, I'm a fan of the show. I think I watched it because of Erica Durance, uh, because I was such a huge Smallville fan, but I did grow to like the show. Uh, what I will say is interesting is that, a lot of what I remembered, even from not just the first season, but what I assumed was the pilot, we don't actually get to see here. So I was kind of caught off guard watching this time. I was like, oh, they don't get into any of that yet. Oh, they're just kind of introducing this. But I, what did you think of the premise of the show and the episode itself? I didn't have too much going into it just because from the start, it seemed like a medical, one of those ER mm-hmm. uh, third watch maybe yeah. kind of shows um where it's just a drama and then i was like okay this cannot be i don't know i feel like colin wouldn't <laughs> pick just just another cop show or just another firefighter mm-hmm. show or just another medical drama so i looked up to wikipedia because i had no idea what i was going to watch and i and i looked at the plot and it started telling me oh it's supernatural and i was like okay what and then i eventually see the guy standing in the hallway and, and you kind of clicks like where it's going what direction it is, what kind of twists they've got. So it's definitely an interesting premise. I looked a little too far ahead, so I know what happens <laughs> at the end of season one. Um, but it was an interesting concept. I was 
I'm still a little taken back by the idea, especially because I saw the preview for the second episode mm-hmm. where he's managed to make contact with the living world. Anyway, it's just a really weird idea. And at first I was like, oh, I'm not going to be into this. As soon as like the episode started, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Oh, interesting. I don't really know if I like it. But as I kept going, I was more and more into it. And I was surprised at how much I liked it by the end of the episode, how much I enjoyed it. I think uh, the moment that really kind of sealed it was when he's standing there looking at himself in the the bed or whatever, mm-hmm. and the John Doe that crashed through the window of the bus asks where he is. And they're like, can you see me? I can see. It was just like a that moment where you kind of like really see the other side of what kind of what they're going for and everything. So I just all around it was really interesting i'm kind of interested to watch more of it just because it was it caught my attention and i want to know if he makes contact with the world (laughs) well i'll say this um i'm not going to give away full spoilers but i will spoil one thing you said kind of what happens in the first season um there was a lot of worry because i guess some of the early response they got from the show at least here in canada was that people were like we kind of like this show but we're worried that this is going to become a five-year run of a guy in a coma and that the entire show is just going to be a build-up to, oh, will he get out of the coma? We're not going to get any resolution till the end. Uh, so, spoiler, if you don't want anything spoiled, I'm not going to get too deep into it, but really the first season is the only one where you have this coma storyline. Uh, the main character, I guess if you could call him that, the Michael Shanks character, he does still have a presence and there is still the whole ghost whisper thing that goes on after that but it becomes something different and that's one of the things that kept me watching because i remember watching the the end of the first season I'm like oh they kind of wrapped this up like is this a mini series do they have anywhere to go with this and then there's a great twist on the end of the first season where you realize ooh, they're kind of going to do the same thing but in a different direction and i think the first three seasons especially all held to that um the third season was the peak of the show by the fourth season I think they had run out of ideas. By the fifth season, I mean, I, I've watched every episode of the show, but fifth season, I would start watching the episode and then kind of fast forward through all the B stories and just sort of see what's going on with Charlie, uh, who's the main doctor, the the coma guy. And I just remember the final episode just being like, that's it? So for anybody who is interested in watching the show, it's not just going to be a long run of one premise. It does change as you go throughout it and keeps it interesting. But I would urge people, if you get to the end of the third season, the final episode of the season three, easily the best episode the show ever had, uh, stop there. There's no point. There, there honestly is no point to watching four and five because it just becomes more of the same and actually gets less interesting as you go on. But like you said, I finished this first episode, I think the first time, and was just like, ooh, I kind of want to see where they go with this. And there, there is a lot of things they're going to, I'll kind of mention throughout here, a lot of things they bring up later on the season that just, it gets more and more interesting the more the season goes on. And it's not too long. I think the first season's 13 episodes and every other season was 18. Uh, so it's not too long of a run for the first one. But the whole premise of The Doctor, I mean, it starts out that the Erica Durant and Michael Shanks characters, they're getting married and they're on their way to their own wedding, riding the back of a cab and dressing for their wedding in the back of the cab. And there's a car accident, which you think, well, the car accident's what's going to cause this, because at least here in Canada, we saw all the previews of what the show was supposed to be about and kind of knew, but they're not even really involved in the car accident. He's sort of helping somebody else. And then all of a sudden, 
the coma starts. And then I guess half of the episode is him in the coma and he suddenly realized, like he said, he's looking around the hospital and, wait, there's my body there. What's going on? Am I dead? Uh, not realizing he's actually in a coma but still roaming around kind of in the spirit world. But then the other half of the show is just the medical stuff of what happens with the doctors. So if somebody hasn't seen the show, it's not so much that it's all supernatural like The Sixth Sense and it's not like they get into that quite a bit throughout it. But often it's just, well, what are the other doctors on the outside encountering? Here's and we really have three stories in this episode, which I'd like to get your opinions on if any of these sto- stories really click with you. We have um, the girl who has eaten something, some type of flour and gotten sick and you find out that she made this a love potion so like well i guess there's this guy you gave this love potion to this (laughs) date rape pill (laughs) or flower is going to be coming in here soon too and it becomes kind of a cheesy love story between oh well they let's let's get these two kids together you have the girl who comes in the hospital who's pregnant uh and her boyfriend doesn't even realize it only to give birth uh, and have him kind of stuck with the baby. And then you have the uh, war veteran who's supposed to be having the surgery that Charlie, the doctor is in a coma, is supposed to be giving this surgery to cut off his arm. And then the other doctor comes in, which great addition to the show was this third character in the, the triangle, Joel, who is Alex, Erica Durant's character's ex-boyfriend. And he comes in just as her current fiance slips into a coma. And he actually takes over the surgery. So then it becomes, well, I don't think Charlie had the right idea here. So these three B stories outside of Charlie's coma, did you like any of these stories? Which ones did you like? What did you not like about them? That's an... Also, I'm interested... I was... Uh, I just learned, essentially, about the the replacement doctor. I didn't know... I didn't know if maybe they didn't mention it, but about the ex-relationship mm-hmm. thing. That's like an interesting layer that I didn't even realize existed. So I was going to say I really liked that character. I think it was a very interesting choice. There's a lot of interesting conversations that were going on about, you know, the doctors, the relationship, what what's right, what's advice, what's actually belittling, mm-hmm. all this kind of – I thought that was just really great storytelling for that. Uh, but for the B storylines, the, the love potion, kind of nothing. Mm-hmm. The only thing I got out of it was when the, the guy came in and they brought the nurse who was so needy and it's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm nervous. Ah. Yeah. And then she's like, yeah, it's this. Like that was the only like saving grace or saving, saving hope, hope. <laughs> <laughs> of, the, of that entire storyline. That was the only benefit that she was, had that moment where she's like, it's this. I know it. Um, yeah, that that one was kind of nothing. Mm-hmm. I weirdly I really liked the um, the childbirth story for some reason. Mm-hmm. At first, I was just like, oh, this is just seems like a really random jump to like this couple but i i weirdly liked it and i was kind of surprised that they they she even died during it like i I was surprised that they actually went to that level after everything um um, does that ever come back i'm curious because they leave kind of on a cliffhanger whether or not he's going to take the child yeah it's just every episode will have those stories where it's just for that one episode so you really don't ever see him again uh, but the actor who plays the father there, the, the young father, uh, he was in one of my favorite movies ever, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, uh, playing a leader of the band named Crash, and the band's called Crash and the Boys. Uh, and one of the gimmicks is their drummer is a 10-year-old girl, and there's is that girl a boy? Yes. And he's just completely monotone, so he's hilarious. And he actually got his own show a couple of years after this, too, another Canadian show. Uh, I can't remember what it was called, but it was like a time cop-type presence uh, uh, premise where... 
there was this cop from the future and she comes back in time and he's supposed to be this guy that you know a bill gates type person and she makes contact with him so he gets his own show he is a good actor too uh but yeah these b stories that they have it's just a one and done thing every single week i mean the only thing that really connects it is charlie uh you mentioned the nervous uh student doctor maggie who this is one of the reasons where i'm like i'm kind of surprised that i remember this differently because these characters have nothing to do in this episode other than just brief appearances, but she's probably one of the main characters in the show, especially later on. Well, I'd say even the first season, by episode two or three. Um, Always hated her character. It's actually interesting going through this. How many of my notes are just, Maggie sucks, Uh, Shahir sucks. Shahir was the, uh, I guess, neurosurgeon um, who they show later on, he he has, uh, I think it's Asperger's, and he's kind of just very awkward and they maybe play it for comic relief sometimes, but he's just a really annoying character. I feel. And then the other one that I hated was the, the psychiatrist, the shrink. I can't even remember his name. Cause I think he's only in the first season. Uh, and then another one I hate. So there's a lot of characters I actually dislike on this, but you're not really going to, I guess, get an opinion of that because they're barely introduced here. Uh, some of the other main characters in the show that become like, they get their own stories later on, aren't even introduced in this pilot. So, uh, yeah, keep watching the show to see more of that. But Joel, like you mentioned, the the ex-boyfriend. Not just a really interesting idea that her ex-boyfriend's there, but what's great about him is two things. One, his character becomes very different than you expect. You'd think that he'd be, especially since she's like, oh, you cheated on me with so many nurses, you know, and you think he's just going to be like the bad ex-boyfriend trying to lure her away. Well, her fiancé's in a coma. Well, this guy's around. Is she going to end up cheating on him? He ends up being just a totally different type of character than you'd expect. And uh, the the other thing that's great about him is the actor Daniel Gillies. Uh, he's originally from Winnipeg, my hometown. And like another very famous actor originally from Winnipeg, uh, you're familiar with Anna Paquin? I know the name. She's the star of the TV well, show True Blood, uh, but she also was rogue in the X-Men movies. Uh, both <laughs> of them are were born in Winnipeg and then moved to New Zealand when they were growing up. So have these New Zealand accents and grew up in New Zealand, but are from Winnipeg. So I guess it's just a thing. A lot of people come to Winnipeg and decide to move to New Zealand, which is why Ben was visiting me here back in, I think, November or September and decided to move to New Zealand afterwards. So that's just a common thing. But he's such a, he's such a great actor. And he, I would go as far as to say that uh, as much as he's, I think set up to be the character you dislike in some ways he becomes the most likable character on the show. Uh, and he's not in the entire run of the show. He's in the first three seasons, but I loved him as a character too. And you do get to see a lot more from him later on. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. I just thought it was so interesting. The situation I didn't realize, obviously there's all these storylines that I wasn't aware of or whatever, but he just kind of comes in the room and it's like, we're just going to do this different. I didn't trust him. Um, and maybe I was, more welcoming to his character just because I was so annoyed with the army guy. Mm-hmm. So any, any like interaction they had, I was always like, I like him more than the other, than the army guy. So I'm always going to just agree with him. Mm-hmm. So I got kind of immediately warmed to him for some reason. So knowing that there's a lot more is really interesting, good, good and interesting to me. I think that there's a lot of merit in the character and I've enjoyed him this soul off episode. So give me your opinion on that on the two lead characters, Erica Durant and Michael Shanks. Um, it's a little hard 
just on this episode to talk about him because he's really not he doesn't really do anything mm-hmm. like he saves that woman in the car accident he makes out with her the main character a lot almost and then is in the coma and doesn't really do much so it's a little hard to get an impression um no negative opinion i will say it just like i really have no formed opinion just because he barely did anything uh but for her i thought she was really interesting like i think that one thing that i really liked about the characters in general from what this one episode obviously is that they were all like developed i felt like even in just the one episode they felt like they were varied they were interests a lot of the characters were tough and dominant but also very like soft and um affectionate in a way like to the patients and stuff like that so i thought that was really interesting and she she's really interesting just because i feel like she's tackling a lot like could lose her fiance is got her ex now at the hospital and there's just a lot of storylines there mm-hmm. that'll be I just I think is interesting and then I really liked the scene which is like a kind of like a not super big scene but the scene when the kind of the paramedic says that they found the ring yeah in the wreckage and she was just like taken aback she's like oh thank you it was just I just like that that was a really subtle but really nice scene to have um, Michael Shanks, what surprised me here, because I said I'm a huge Erica Durant's fan uh, because of Smallville. Uh, like, I'll watch her made-for-TV movies just because she's in it. Uh, Michael Shanks, he was most well-known for the Stargate SG-1 show, which I never really got into, even though I was, a, I was a big fan of the Stargate movie. But I could never get into the TV show because I didn't buy the actors as replacements. And the character he played, uh, James Spader played in the original movie, who's maybe one of the greatest actors alive. Uh, and I always hated him. One of the reasons I would always say I couldn't watch Stargate is like, I can't stand that guy who's playing James Spader. And in Stargate, it was a completely different type of character. He was playing kind of the timid, nerdy guy. And then when he was in Smallville playing Hawkman, he's playing this, you know, I mean, imagine Thor meets Batman. (laughs) And I didn't really buy him in that either. So when I saw this show, I mean, I was completely blown away kind of like you said the first episode you don't get as much into him yet but as the show went out by the time it got to even like the second season i would tell jamie every single week like i want to be this guy's best friend like he seems like the coolest guy ever so i'm a huge fan of him now um and and he makes the show i mean as big of a fan as i am of erica durant's he's what i love about this show so for anybody who would continue to watch this show he's kind of the reason why um and it's not just the, the cool premise about him being a ghost. I mean, he's just such a good actor. Erica Durant, I'll just mention my story of meeting Erica Durant. So when she was still on Smallville, um, she came to the Winnipeg Comic Con. And at that point, now it's such a big thing. Like if you go to a Comic Con, you could pay to get an autograph with a person or you could pay to get your picture taken with them. And it's usually professional photo sessions you get. She was the first one to come into Comic Con where she's like, I will let people pay for a picture, but you just take it at the table with me. And that was like the first person to do it in a Comic-Con here. Uh, so I'm like, well, I got to get my picture with Lois Lane. Now, what you don't realize when you watch a show like this or even Smallville, especially with Smallville, is that especially with Smallville, Tom Welling, who played Clark Kent, is so tall in real life that they ran into problems in the early seasons where they cast regular-sized people and they would have to have them like in lifts and everything or standing on boxes just to do scenes with him. So in the a couple seasons in, like when uh, Erica Durance comes in, they started casting very tall actors. And she is like 
unusually not that she's like over six feet or anything but she looks unusually tall in real life because they had to start casting so she's probably like 510 um so when she was at the comic-con uh i was just asking her a couple questions and then i got the picture with her and she had to she was sitting across from a table so she had to kind of lean in for the picture because otherwise you could just tell she's like Oh, I don't want to. I'm like five seven, five eight, and she's like, "Well, I don't want this picture to be me towering over this poor guy." So she's like, "I'm just gonna kind of lean in here, and not to sound sick, this isn't what it's about. It's just telling the story." But the shirt she was wearing <laughs> probably wasn't made to be bending over into a picture. So Jamie was taking the picture, and Erica Durant's like, "I just need to bend into this picture here." And as she sort of leaned in, no joke, saw straight down her shirt all the way to her belly button. And I just immediately like turned away and looked at the camera. And I can see it on my face and Jamie can see it on my face where I'm just like, oh, just look at the camera. Just look at the camera. Just look at the camera. Uh, the picture's taken and she stands straight up again and is like at least two inches taller than me. But uh, hilarious story. Um, <laughs> my brush with Erica Durant. Uh, but yeah, like she's so good on Smallville. And I think she is great on the show but it's just like with charlie and with joel she, she ends up being a different character where she's you think she's supposed to be so likable and at times she's not always that likable but the first season is very much heavy into her dilemma of she's still trying to be a doctor but yet her fiance is there and how do i get him out of this coma which kind of leading into that what we're going to get later in the season you kind of spoiled it i won't spoil everything that happens but what makes this show more interesting past the pilot is they do introduce a couple of other characters. Um, uh, there's one male doctor they introduce, which he doesn't really ever have his main storylines, but again, he's just kind of like Joel, like he just has a presence to him. And then the most interesting character they introduce in the first season is, I think they've, I don't remember if in this episode, do they mention Charlie's ex-wife in this episode? I don't remember. Okay, so Charlie has an ex-wife, Dawn, who... Um, technically, even though I guess she's his ex-wife, she they mentioned in this episode he doesn't have any direct family. So Alex, Erica Durant's character, is trying to make all the calls for what we should do, what type of treatment should he get. And his ex-wife comes in, who's also a doctor, who eventually gets Charlie's job while he's still in the coma. Um, and she's suddenly making calls saying, well, technically I'm the one who legally is allowed to make these calls because I was most recently married to him. And then it becomes a battle between the ex and the fiance. Uh, and she also becomes a character. I'll say this over and over again. The best thing about Saving Hope is that every character you think you know what they're like, and they end up being something completely different. And there's lots of other characters that come in later on, but that's kind of the drama of the first season is every week, okay, I'm going to try this new thing, or what can we do? And as you mentioned, Charlie gets closer and closer, which we don't see a lot of in this episode, of interacting more with the spirit world, like... Um, Every time a patient will come in, if that patient's in a coma, or sometimes if they're just in surgery, it'll get complicated where he might be talking to them as they're in surgery because they're, you know, unconscious or in spirit form. And he realizes something that the doctors don't know is like, oh no, this person could die because they're about to give them the wrong medication. So you get a lot more than just him moping around the halls being like, how am I going to get back in my body? And then the other half being, well, is he going to be able to find a way to make contact? And there are ways they work that into it. So it's definitely something to keep watching. Uh, is this something you would be interested in watching further past the first episode? I don't know. I was definitely very interested in the preview that I saw. So I would definitely be interested in watching more of this. Uh, maybe not season four and five based on what yeah. you said. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely 
the rest of season one just because I think that the premise is really cool and see how it goes, how I kind of react to it and go from there. Uh, what would you do with this episode? Would you buy it, rent it, or bin it? Um, I would resuscitate it. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, give mouth to mouth. No, um, I would. I would buy it. I thought it was so interesting, and I was ready to hate it coming in <laughs> for for no other reason than Colin. You made me watch a medical drama. <laughs> um, but no, I'm. I was loving it. I at the at, it just kept. It was like a, a roller coaster. I was like, woo, kept going like. It was getting more and more interesting. I loved it. Bye, bye, bye. So I'll agree with you. Uh, I'll buy it. Um, Although, as I said, I wasn't like as in love with this pilot as I remembered being, partly because so many of the things like his ex-wife coming, which I knew wasn't the first episode, uh, or where they go with other characters like Maggie, the nervous doctor, who's a completely different character even by the next episode. Um, it, It got me interested in thinking, well, how much of this first season just sort of all uh, merged together in my mind. And this is kind of just the basic premise being introduced, but it is really interesting later on. It's one of these shows I think I've talked about from the beginning uh, since we started covering, well, obviously when we did the Smallville episodes, uh, but it's, it's it's just such a different drama. It's not like this, at no point is this going to be like the greatest show on TV. This isn't True Detective or Game of Thrones, but for a medical drama, it has an interesting enough twist that I think it's different because I actually really love medical dramas in the beginning. Uh, at one point, ER was like the greatest show I'd ever seen. I remember watching Grey's Anatomy for the first two seasons every single week. Uh, every time a new medical drama comes on the air, I'll always watch it. But one of the weirdest things about it is that I get so sick of those shows after about two or three seasons. And I kept watching this even into season four and five just based off of how interesting the the, the premise was, or I guess the twist on it of the supernatural thing you get every once in a while, uh, but then also just the cast, which brings me to, um, we discussed before we recorded this episode, um, Rossi said, oh, I don't know if I have a show for next week yet, and I said, well, I'd kind of like to do two back-to-back. The reason is because I am interested to see, well, how much more of what I remember and love about this show wasn't in the pilot. Next week, we're going to do Saving Hope episode two of season one uh so are you excited for that? there we go I, you know what's the, the weirdest thing about that is that as i was watching this i'm thinking oh you know i don't think rossi's gonna dislike this show but i wonder if he's gonna be like uh it wasn't that interesting for what i thought i'm like oh if, if you don't like this then you'll love episode two because i know that so much more gets introduced especially with the other characters and then seeing how charlie's if you want to call it powers are different in the next episodes. So I'm like, I really want to do both of these. And this isn't going to become a thing where we do the entire season of saving hope unless Rossi, my my next episode is episode three. Yeah. Rossi (laughs) picks three or four, or we get a 10 week stretch where Rossi is like, "Uh, I still don't have another pick, but we're going to, we're also just the last episode of season five. Yeah. (laughs) Just to see how disappointing. Yeah. See how disappointing it could be. But next week, we'll do Saving Hope, Season 2, or Season 1, Episode 2, Contact. So you'll get a little bit of what you teased about, um, or what you saw in the teaser for the next episode. So I'm excited for that. Do you have shows that, you, like, a couple on a list that you're thinking about? Not that we're going to give them away, but genres? Um, I have some. Um, one show that I've suggested to you that we could do as a random episode recap is a is there is a, a more violent show yes um, kind of touching on 
sort of it's more modern day it's got a little bit of supernatural but it's also old school it's got sword fighting and combat and it's quite interesting is it pirate master (laughs) no but thanks for the reminder (laughs) maybe that'll be next one yeah uh, that's on my list. Um, but I mean, we got lots of different shows, and it'll be different type of genres every week. So again, if you didn't listen to except stuff, for next week, except for next week, we're just gonna <laughs> more of the same. Um, but if you listened last year, like we went from you know uh, Corner Gas to Golden Girls, uh, we did Rudolph the Red Nosed <laughs> Reindeer. Um, it's a little bit of everything, so we'll switch it up. Um, I will say, uh, at the time this is airing. Uh, by the time this episode airs, we're going to be about six weeks away from um, my twins being born. And that will take me out of commission for a bit. So uh, we'll keep these episodes going, but I I haven't even mentioned to Rossi, but I'm going to start recording some other ones with Jamie that will air during that break. So we won't have a long break like we had between, uh, I guess, Christmas or the Star Trek episodes, if you include that, you know, through January and now, because we're looking at about two month gap. We'll have content to fill it uh, even when I get super busy. But there'll be lots of cool shows to come, so I'm looking forward to it. Anything or else? Maybe you... we just get a, a Canadian replacement for you. Is John Montgomery busy? Yeah. Can he can he fill in? I don't know, but Michael Shanks, he's the guy. He's my best friend, if you haven't heard. You have something to tell your your lovely Jamie then. <laughs> She's already aware that uh, uh, I want to spend the rest of my life as best friends with Michael Shanks. <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll, we'll get more of the same next week, even though uh, I hope people do watch this. And if you didn't watch this episode, we didn't spoil too much. Watch the first episode and then watch the second. Cause it is a cool show. Uh, I guess, I don't know why, you know, just the last thing to touch on this did air. It wasn't like it aired in Canada. And then NBC said, well, we'll pick this up and start airing Cause that's kind of what happens with these uh, shows from other countries. NBC picked it up at the same time it aired as CBC or CB uh, CTV. So the very night this aired on CTV, it was simulcast on NBC. Now this was kind of, I guess a summer series when it first started. And it was meant to be just something that NBC would keep for new content before the 2012 Olympics started. And for whatever reason, the ratings just weren't great. Like I think in fact, the final episode that aired on NBC was like one of the lowest rated scripted shows they'd ever had for a summer series. So they decided not to bring it back for the second season. But then as the second and third season aired in Canada and they realized, well, like there's an audience for the show and it actually continued to get better. Uh, I don't even remember what it was, but it did get picked up by cable network. So people may even be able to find this. If not, you can find some other tricky method to watch this episode. Kind of like Rossi did. Um, anything I missed on this episode you want to touch on? Uh uh i don't know then no uh let's move on (laughs) make sure to like us on facebook follow us on twitter instagram subscribe to us on itunes stitcher google podcast uh where else you can find it apple Podcasts. apple podcasts um (laughs) make sure to watch saving hope episode one of season one and episode two of season two because we'll be back next week to talk about that and then eventually the finale of season five. Uh, yeah, we'll get there. We'll just <laughs> we'll cover the entire series of Saving Hope uh, and lose all of our audience once we get to season four and five. Um, my name is Colin, and I see dead surgeons. And my name is Rossi, and I see no hope. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.